Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and starting in verse 1. We're going to read uh, the first 10 verses, verses 1 through 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. For the next few moments of time, I want to deliver to you what I feel like God has put within my spirit. And my heart and my prayer today is that this word will be deeply rooted within you, within your being, within your spirit today, that it will cause you to have a brand new perspective of who you are in Christ Jesus, of your position that he has afforded to you. So for the next few moments of time, I want to preach on this subject of take your seats. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, take your seats. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time for you to sit down. <laughs> Amen. Let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. When you have it, say amen. amen. These are the words of the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, and this is what he wrote to them. And you he made alive. How many are glad today that you know that you have been made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit? And you he, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. Now how many today remember what God brought you out of? Remember the miry pit that he delivered you out of? How many remembers that? That place, that dark place, that shameful place, that place that, that not even many people even understand what you came from or what you came out of. Amen? But look at what the scriptures go on to say, but God. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for a but God today. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And let's look at verse 6. This is, this is what I want us to focus on this morning. Not only did he make us alive together with Christ, but the scriptures go on in Ephesians 2 and says, And he raised us up together and made us sit together. Where? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness 
toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Isn't it marvelous today at what Christ Jesus has provided for you and I, those of us who were dead, in our trespasses and in our sins that Jesus made a way of escape that he gave himself as the ransom for all humanity that we could be forgiven of our sins that we could be born again that our names could be written in the Lamb's book of life and he made us alive he brought us from death to life. You, let me tell you something today. Whether you realize it when you was out there in the world, when you was doing your thing, when you was living any old way you wanted to live, let me tell you, you were dead. That's why you didn't have no peace. That's why you didn't have no hope. That's why you didn't have no joy. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, but God. In his love, in his mercy, in his grace, he saw fit to come and pay you a visit and he brought you from death into life. Glory to God. He made us alive together with Christ Jesus. But this is what I want us to focus on this morning. Not only did he make us alive, but the scriptures go on in verse 6 of Ephesians 2 and it says, And he raised us up together. And he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, some interpret that particular passage of scripture as if this is going to be a futuristic event that is going to take place in the life of the believer. You know, maybe when we take this last breath with our natural body, with our natural lungs, and, and we pass from this life as we know it, and we step into eternity, that that is when we are going to be seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. But that is not how my Bible just read. He said that he has raised us up. Come on. Meaning that it's already happened. We've already been raised up together and we have been made to sit together. It's not a futuristic event, saints of God. He's raised us up and he's made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's right here and it's right now. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, it's right here, and it's right now. You see, the Apostle Paul was conveying to the church of Ephesus a life-changing revelation truth by revealing to them their position that they had in Christ Jesus. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I've got a position in the kingdom. This is what 
the apostle Paul was revealing to the church at Ephesus. He was giving them this life-changing truth, this revelation, this principle to let them know their position in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you today that it is absolutely imperative that you know and that you understand your position. Did you hear what I said? I said it is absolutely imperative that you know and that you understand your position. You see, when a person is employed at a certain business or organization, they are assigned a certain position, are they not? And with that position comes certain roles and responsibilities. If that person doesn't comprehend their position in that company, in that organization, then there will be great confusion and frustration. Come on now. How many has ever worked for a certain place, a certain business, a certain corporation, and, and, and you had co-workers that did not truly know what their position was all about? Come on, I know I'm talking to some people. Some of you dealing with that right now. You got co-workers that do not understand their position and therefore they don't understand what their role is in the company. My God. They don't understand what their job description entails. And therefore everywhere they go, there's chaos, there's confusion, and there's frustration. Can I tell you, likewise it is in the kingdom of God. When our fellow brothers and sisters do not properly understand their position in God's kingdom, it will create frustration in the body. It will create confusion in the body. It will create chaos in the body. Can I tell you it's time today by the person and the power of the Holy Spirit that we receive a fresh download of who we are in the kingdom of God. Of what our position is in the kingdom of God so that we will know what our role is and what our responsibility is. Can I help somebody today? God did not save you so you could sit on your blessed assurance Sunday after Sunday after Sunday while 10% of us do all the work. That's why there's people burning out and bailing out. Because all the work's being done by the 10% while the 90% sit back and enjoy all of the labors of the 10%. But let me tell you what I prophesy over this house. It's about the, the script is about to be flipped. And besides 10% of us doing all of the work, doing all of the labor, all of a sudden 90% of us are going to begin to get busy for the kingdom of God. Why? Because God is trying to reveal to you and I today what our position is. He saved you to serve him. You say, well, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I'm not comfortable to be behind the pulpit with the microphone. Let me tell you. He didn't save everybody to be behind the pulpit and the microphone. Let me go ahead and take it a step further. You don't want this up here. I promise you that. 
But let me tell you, he raised you up for such a time as this to make a difference in the marketplace. You didn't hear what I said today. To make a difference wherever it is that he has you planted. If it's at the hospital, if it's at the school system, wherever it is, if it's at Burger King, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Walmart, Target, I don't care. God has gifted you with the anointing to make a difference, to be his spokesperson, to be his mouthpiece, to be his hands and feet wherever it is that God has called you to be. How many remembers growing up in school? Now, if you like me, I, I was just telling somebody the other day that it's hard to believe I've been out of school longer than I was in school. And when you begin to think like that, you realize, oh my, I'm getting some years on me. <laughs> How many in here, you've been, out of, you've been out of high school longer than you was in school? My God, help us, Lord. How many remembers, if you can remember with me and go down memory lane, there were certain teachers in certain classrooms that had what we call assigned seating. Some teachers were, you know, they were just loose and you went into their classroom, you could sit wherever you wanted to sit. And everybody wanted to be on the back row. Remember those days? But there were some teachers that were a little more strict. And they weren't going to put up with no foolishness. They come to teach their students and to put within them an education. And so therefore, their game plan and their strategy was what we refer to as assigned seating. And how many knows that with assigned seating, when you walked up into that room, your name was attached to your desk and that's where you better park your rear end? Huh? And that assigned seating, as, as, as unfun as it was, it was for really your protection. Huh? To protect you from becoming distracted. Because when you become distracted, you can't receive the education that the teacher's trying to give to you. Nobody's saying nothing. But as long as you stay in your seats, how many knows you won't get in trouble? But if you begin to bop around all over the classroom going from one desk to the next desk, all of a sudden you got reprimanded by the teacher. It's called assigned seating. You see, this was not for your destruction. It was not for your demise. I know it wasn't always fun because sometimes you got sat beside someone you didn't even really care for. Hello. But it was for structure and it was for order. I want to help somebody today. Let me tell you something. I appreciate your zealousness. I appreciate your fire. I wish all of us were set ablaze by the power of the Holy Spirit. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate that you, 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 you think that you can just take over the world and you can win everybody. How many remembers when you were first born again? That's, that's the kind of zeal we had. But sometimes if we ain't careful through the series of events in our life, we lose that passion. We lose that drive. We lose that zeal. We lose that enthusiasm. And that's why we got to get the fire back burning on the uh, altars of our heart. Amen? That's what Sunday's all about. God rekindled the fire. Restoke the fire. But I don't care how anointed you think you are. 
I don't care how spiritual you think you are. I don't care how much of the Holy Ghost you think you have and how gifted and, and, and you fulfill all five offices of the five-fold ministry. Let me tell you, there's still order in the house of God. My God, nobody's helping me today. I said there's still order in the house of God and in the kingdom of God and you don't just get to do whatever you want to do. You've got to submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost, but you've got to submit yourself to those that he has placed in godly spiritual authority above you. But see, we got long rangers in the church nowadays, Brother Donnie, who don't think they held accountable to nobody. Pastor ain't going to tell me what to do. Pastor ain't going to tell me how to live my life. Pastor ain't going to tell me uh, uh, that I can't shack up with that person that I'm loving or lusting over. Come on, somebody. Huh? It ain't your business to meddle in my life. Let me tell you something. Unless you get yourself in submission and in order, no wonder your life is full of confusion and full of chaos. Huh? That's why your teacher up 10 years ago had assigned seating. It was not for your demise or your destruction, but it was for your safety and it was for your security that you could receive the education that you needed to receive. It's called assigned seating. It don't always feel good. It's not always comfortable. But let me tell you, if you'll learn just to stay in your seat, if you'll learn just to stay in your lane, you won't have a drama-filled life. It was for structure. It was for order. You see, everything that Christ experienced in the natural has also been our spiritual experience and reality. Did you hear what I said? Everything that Christ experienced in the natural has also been our spiritual experience and reality. Just as Christ died, how many knows that if you're a believer, if you've been born again, we have also died? Huh? Our old man has passed away. Behold, we are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Is that not what the Bible says? We have died and we are dying to our flesh and to our sinful desires. Just as Christ died, we also have died and are dying. Just as Christ arose, we also have been risen and have been made new and alive. Can somebody say amen? Just as Christ arose, we also have risen and have been made new and alive. And listen to this one. Just as Christ ascended and was seated at the right hand of the Father, we also have ascended and we too have now been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now, if you could just comprehend and look through the eyes of the Spirit for a moment. You see, our, our, our finite human minds cannot comprehend this type of kingdom revelation and principle and truth. But if you would just begin to not operate in the natural, begin to operate in the Spirit, you will understand this morning that a supernatural collision has taken place. Did you hear what I said? I said a supernatural collision 
has taken place. If you will, it's like an overlapping of two dimensions. The dimension of earth, which is what we all know. The dimension of earth and then the dimension of heaven, which is where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. You see, when you were born again, it was like those two dimensions collided, had a head-on collision with one another. When you received the baptism, the infilling, the immersion of the Holy Spirit, it was like two worlds collided together. Two dimensions had a head-on collision. Look at this. The Bible says that Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Is that not Bible? After he gave his life on the cross, he arose again on the third day. He walked this earth for 40 days, revealing kingdom principles to his disciples. But the Bible says, after that on the mount, that what did he do? He ascended back to heaven to be seated at the right hand of Father God. Christ is at the right hand of the Father, yet Christ is within us as blood-washed children of God. How could that be? How can he be at two different dimensions at one time? Christ is in the dimension of heaven right now, seated at the right hand of the Father. Listen, I'm trying to lay a foundation this morning. But yet at the same time, Christ through the person of the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. There's been a head-on collision of two different worlds, of two different dimensions. Look at, look at it like this. I am here on this earth. I am standing before you today on this stage with this microphone. But yet... I am also there in heaven, seated in heavenly places. See, your fleshly carnal mind can't comprehend that. But I'm telling you, there's a supernatural collision that has taken place. What you see with your natural eyes before you today, this flesh and body, it is on this earth. It is in the dimension of earth. It is standing on this stage. It is holding this microphone. It is uh, trying to preach to you what thus saith the Lord. But yet at the same time, my spirit man is seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. I said there's been a supernatural collision. I am here on this earth, yet heaven is on the inside of me. Did you hear what I said? I said, I am here on this earth, yet heaven is on the inside of me. You see, what the apostle Paul revealed to the church at Ephesus in chapter 2, verse 6, when he said, you have been raised up and you have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. To sit in heavenly places is more than just a figure of speech. It is a spiritual reality for the believer because of our union with Christ. We will also reap the benefit of his position. Did you hear what I said? I said it is a reality. It is a spiritual reality for every one of us who are believers in Yeshua Christ Jesus. And because of this supernatural collision, if you will, because of our union with Christ Jesus, we also will reap the benefits of Christ's position. 
You see, many believers are living from their predicaments. Did you hear what I said? I said many believers are living from their predicament. What do you mean by that? They're just acting and reacting to the things that life throws at them. How many knows life happens to us all? The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. How many knows that bad things happen even to believers? We're not exempt from enduring hardships and trials and seasons of difficulty and great challenges. But if we are not careful, we will only act and react according to the predicament that is at hand in the natural. And that's exactly where a lot of believers are at in the church today. We are living from our predicaments and not from our position. I said, I come to reveal to you who you are in Christ Jesus. I come to reveal to you what your position is in the kingdom of God. And I come to remind you today that you are not to live according to your predicament right here and right now. But you are to live according to your position. You see, once you understand your position, then you can change your condition. Did you hear what I said? I said, once you understand your position, then you can change your condition. You say, Pastor, you don't know what side of the tracks I came from. Pastor, you don't know how I struggle financially. Pastor, you don't know how just this week I filed for bankruptcy. Pastor, you don't know how my marriage is on the rocks. Pastor, you don't know how my children and my grandchildren are are rebellious. They're strung out on drugs and alcohol. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Let me tell you, that's your predicament. That's your condition. And some of you signed up for this thing thinking, believing some prophet-lying pastor, a so-called prophet that told you that everything was going to be peaches and cream in your life when you become a member of Set Free Church. Let me tell you something. What I found to be true is that when I really sell out and I surrender to Christ Jesus, all of hell begins to break loose in my life because then and only then have I become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. But you see... When I understand my position, then I can change my condition. You see, somebody look at your neighbor and say, it won't always be like this. It won't always look like this. It won't always sound like this. You see, seasons come and seasons go. But as long as I know who I am in the kingdom of God, as long as I know what my position is, that I've been seated in heavenly places, I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to make it. I'm going to run on another mile. Hallelujah. I said once you understand your position, then you can change your condition. You see, there's a difference today between your earthly position. See, the majority of us in here are employed by some employer, by some company, by some institution, some organization. You know what your position title is. But how many knows there's a difference between your earthly position 
and between your position in Christ Jesus. Huh? I said there's a difference between your earthly position and in your position in Christ Jesus. Some of you in here, you have positions of leadership and influence even within this body of believers. You wear your tag. You wear your badge. You know, you walk around like you somebody. Come on. You oversee this ministry. You oversee this department. Can I tell you what my position is in this church if you don't know already? They labeled me when they hired me in 2020 as the operations pastor. Now that might sound very amazing and fun, but let me tell you. What that means when you get down to the bottom of it all, I have to oversee all of these departments and all of these ministries and make sure they are operating as the head man wants them to operate. And when things begin to squeak and when things begin to unravel and when things begin to turn upside down, guess what? It always falls back on my desk. That's why in three years I've got as gray-headed as I am now. Huh? Can I tell you, there's coming a day that I'm going to lay down this title of operations pastor. Come on, if God tarries, don't, don't, don't worry. I know some of you want me to lay it down today. That's all right. I'm praying for you. Don't worry. I'm not planning on laying it down today or tomorrow or next week. But when that time comes and seasons begin to transition and I lay down this earthly title that has been bestowed upon me as operations pastor, guess where a lot of people get when seasons change in their life and they lay down their earthly titles? They don't know what to do with themselves anymore. Because all of their life, all of their energy, all of their enthusiasm was wrapped up in an earthly title. That's why there's men and women of God who have pastored and labored for decades in the kingdom and now as God has tarried, they're up in age and now they have been either chosen or forced to resign their position and they don't even know what to do with themselves. They're sitting at home in depression, in fear, in anxiety. I'm talking to somebody today. And whether you have a position in the house of God or you have just some position in some, uh, 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 you know, organization or business or whatever it is. And seasons have changed in your life. And because you put everything in that earthly position and now you no longer have it, you, you're just wandering around aimlessly wondering what are you going to do with your life. Feeling like you have no vision. Feeling like you have no desire to even take another step because you just don't even know who you are anymore because all of your identity and value was wrapped up in an earthly position. Can I tell you something today? I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care what your title, what your position is. Your value does not reside in that earthly position or that earthly title. I'm trying to help somebody today to know that although the seasons have changed in your life, the position that matters the most is that you are a son and you are a daughter of God. And you have been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and that is something that can never be taken from you that is something that you never retire from that's why 
when seasons come and go for me. It's not going to be the end of my world because my value and my worth is not wrapped up in this title or this position. But I understand who I am in Christ Jesus. I am a son of the Most High God and I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And nobody can take that from me. You see, as we sit in heavenly places while still living on earth, we have access through Jesus Christ to all of heaven's privileges and spiritual blessings. Did you hear what I said? As we sit in heavenly places while still living on earth, we have access through Jesus Christ to all of heaven's privileges and spiritual blessings. And so that's why I come today to remind you that it's time to take your seat. I said it's time for you to take your seat. To step into your rightful position in the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul said that we have been made alive and we have been raised up and we have been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is our position, church. But what kind of seat is this that we have been given? What kind of seat is this that Jesus bled and died for to provide for you and I? We understand that our position Sister Barbara, is that we have been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. As much as I am on planet earth, in the dimension of earth, my spirit man today is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But what kind of seat is this? Number one, it's a seat of honor. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, it's a seat of honor. You see, our spiritual seat in the heavenly realms is a position of high honor. Much like being seated at the VIP table of a presidential luncheon, if you will. We have been given the royal privilege of being enthroned with the Son. If we let this spiritual truth sink in, it will change the way that we think and the way that we live. Maybe you're here today, this morning, and you don't feel worthy of honor. I'm talking to some people right now. You're here today, you're, you're seated in the chairs of this sanctuary, and you don't feel like you are worthy of honor. Maybe others have said that you are worthless. But can I remind somebody today that the very one who created you gave you this glorious invitation that through the blood of his son that you are called to come up higher and to be seated in the seats of honor. What kind of seat is this? It's a seat of honor. When others said you have no value, the father says you are valuable. 
When others say that you are not worthy, the Father says you are worthy through the shed blood of my Son, Jesus Christ. When others have walked out on you and stabbed you in the back and others have abandoned you and forsaken you, you still have the promise of Yeshua Christ Jesus that I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, but I will go with you to the very end of the world. What kind of seed is this? It's a seed of honor. And the Father, when he sees you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your backslidings. But he sees the red blood of Jesus Christ. And he calls you worthy. He says you are valuable. And he said, I have provided for you a seat of honor. You see, some of y'all are literally sacrificing everything just so you can have a seat at the table of some mere mortal that you idolize that doesn't even know your name. When the very one who created you and knows you best has provided for you the most prestigious seat in the entire kingdom. But yet here you are, burning your candle at both ends, trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, trying to live the American dream, trying to have a seat at the table of the influential, at the table of the beautiful, at the table of, of those who, who have great power and great influence over culture and society because you want to make a name for yourself. Let me go ahead and help somebody today. Stop burning your candle at both ends. Jesus already did the work. He already made the way and he's provided for you and I the greatest table in the entire kingdom, the greatest seat in the entire kingdom. Stop worrying about those that don't invite you to sit at their table. See, some of you, you, you walking around with your head hung down low. You walking around in depression and anxiety because everybody don't like you. And everybody don't care about you. And everybody don't love you. And, and you don't get invited to every party. You don't get invited to every social event. You don't get invited to do this. And you don't get invited to do that. And therefore you become a, 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 a recluse hiding in the background somewhere. Isolating yourself. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter who invites you to sit at their table. I hear the Lord saying today, I've invited you to sit at my table. I've given to you a seat of honor he said you are honorable you are valuable for such a time as this I'm raising you up to be seated in heavenly places I said it's a seat of honor and can I tell you today it's the best seat in the house people are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for the best seat in a coliseum in an auditorium to hear their favorite singer their favorite whoever but let me tell you the blood of Jesus has paid for you the greatest seat in the kingdom of God what is this seat? it's a seat of authority and it's a seat of power I said it's a seat of authority and it's a seat of power. You see, these two terms go hand in hand, but there's definitely a difference between the two. Authority, again, it speaks of position. Without authority, there is no power. And without power, there is no real authority. 
You see, you can't exercise the power unless you have the authority. Look around you today. See all the lights? I said this about a year ago. See all the lights? Can I tell you, you can't see it with your natural eye, but there are electrical frequencies and currencies that are going all over this building that gives to us this modern technology of lights that we enjoy, that allows us to be able to see one another. Amen? Thank God for it. That represents the power. I said it's a seat of power and authority. These lights, these bulbs, they represent the power. That's how we know we got power because the lights are on, right? But let me tell you, there's a difference between power, as good as that is, and between authority. What is the authority in this scenario and in this situation? The authority is not the lights. That's the power. The authority who has the one to turn on the light switch. You didn't hear what I said. I said this seat that has been provided for us, it's a seat of authority and power. Can I tell you today, you have been given all authority. Jesus said it himself in the gospel of Luke. He said, I have come to give you all authority over all of the power of the enemy. Is that not what Jesus said? He said, the same authority that the Father bestowed upon me, I give it to you. So why you let the devil ride your back all week long? Why are you letting the devil harass your family all week long? Why are you letting the devil put sickness and disease and infirmity on you? Why are you letting the devil rob you of your marriage? I'm telling you, Jesus said, this seed that I provided for you is a seed of authority and power. You've been given authority today. You've been given authority to tell the devil to go back to hell to where he came from. And not only have you been given authority, but you've been given power. And that's why my Bible tells me in Mark chapter 16 that these signs, these signs of power shall follow them that believe. Is that not what the Bible still says? It says that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. They shall speak with new tongues. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They shall take up serpents. What does that mean? That don't mean I'm taking up a real rattlesnake, Sister Barbara. What that means is I've got power and authority to tread upon every serpent and every scorpion. I don't care what the weapon is that the devil formed against you. I'm here to tell somebody today, let him form it, let him articulate it, but it will not prevail against the life of the believer. Because it's a seat of authority. It's a seat of power. Number three, what is this seat? It's a seat of dominion. Somebody say dominion. You see, all the way back from the, to the beginning of time in Genesis, the Bible says that God gave man dominion. In other words, he gave him ownership. He gave him rule and control over every living creature, over every living thing. Is that not what the Bible says? But then man forfeited that dominion by giving into the deception of the devil. So then God sent the second Adam whose name is Jesus, into the world to regain that dominion back from the enemy who in turn gave it back to his people. I said, what kind of seat is this? This is a seat of dominion. Let me submit this to you. Either you are dominating or 
you are being dominated. I said, this is a seat of dominion. Either I am dominating or I am being dominated. You can't have it both ways. Either you are living a life of dominion or life is having dominion over you. Ephesians chapter 1, if we back it up in our text to chapter 1, verses 17 through 22, it says this. Listen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty right hands, uh, to this mighty power which he worked in Christ. Listen, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Is that not what the Bible says? The Father raised him from the dead, seated him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. And look what the scriptures go on to say. Far above, what? All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And what did he do? And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. I said, everything that happened in the natural to Christ has also happened in the spiritual realm to us as believers in Christ Jesus. So if Ephesians chapter 1 is telling us that Christ has been exalted to sit at the right hand of the Father and he is far above all principalities. He's far above all darkness. He's far above every demonic force. He's far above every name that is named. What does that mean? He's far above the name of cancer. He's far above the name of fear. He's far above the name of depression. He's far above the name of anxiety. He's far above the name of drugs and alcohol. He's far above the name of bankruptcy. I said he's above it all. The Bible says far above every name that has been named. If that's his position, and if we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, how many knows that same principle applies to you and I right here and right now? We are seated far above all darkness, all attacks of the enemy. We are seated far above everything that the enemy orchestrates to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I said, what kind of seat is this? It's a seat of dominion. You see, today you're not just a little bit above the attacks of the enemy. But you so far above that you need a high-powered binocular system to be able to see what the enemy is doing in the earth. You didn't hear what I said today. My Bible says you have been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And you're far above all darkness. You're far above all wickedness. You're far above all principalities. The devil cannot have a chance against the child of God today. Because you're seated in heavenly places. What kind of seat is this? It's a seat of victory. Somebody say victory. Can I help somebody today? I'm about to land this thing. You see, we're not fighting for victory. But we're fighting from a place of victory. 
See, I come to help you today. Jesus already did it all. He already shed his blood. He already fought the fight. He already won the war. He already has the victory. And the same overcoming Jesus lives on the inside of us. I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from a place of victory. You see, the enemy's not stupid today. He knows that he cannot dethrone Christ. So therefore, he will attempt to dethrone the believer from their rightful position in the heavenly places but how many knows he can huff and he can puff but he can't blow your house down I said it's a seed of victory I'm reminded of the story sister Melissa in Exodus chapter 14 when God raised up Moses to bring deliverance to the people of God that had been held in captivity for so many years under the Egyptian uh, uh, forces and let me tell you God raised up Moses to speak to Pharaoh to let my people go to let my people go and you know the story he led them out of captivity he led them out of slavery but all of a sudden in Exodus chapter 14 they ran into a problem what was their problem their problem had a name and the name was the Red Sea it was standing before them Pharaoh and the Egyptian army was behind them hot on their trails. It looked like, uh, Brother Chris, they had been cornered up. It looked like they had, it looked like surely they had lost all hope. But but Moses got a word from the Lord. And this is what he told the Israelites. He said, stand still. My God, I said, he said, stand still. What was he saying? He said, go ahead and take your seat. This is not your fight. This is not your battle. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See the deliverance of the Lord. I come out with a word today from heaven that this seat is a seat of victory. You're not going to have to fight for the victory. He's already given you the victory. I said it's a seat of victory. Stand still. Be seated and see the salvation of the Lord. Number five, and I close with this. What is this seat? It's a seat of rest. Somebody say rest. Jesus, picture this, hanging on the cross. He shed his blood. He gave his life. And his final words on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. As he was there in pain and agony, what did he say? He said, it is finished. He then, after they laid him in the borrowed tomb, he arose again on the third day from death. And the Bible says, then he ascends to be back at the right hand of the Father. And what does Jesus do? takes a seat is that not what the Bible says he sits down why does he sit down because that was a sign that was significant that it was over with that the task the mandate the assignment that was upon his life Jesus had completed it he had completed the test he passed the test he graduated He completed his assignment. It was over with. That's why he cried out, it is finished. And he took his seat. Can I tell you today, some of y'all are so heavy laden, so burdened, 
so discouraged? You fighting the devil left and right? Some of y'all, y'all thinking there's a devil behind every bush. You going around, you binding demons and principalities. Let me tell you, I believe in spiritual warfare. But let me tell you, I'm not going to get so caught up in naming, trying to name every demon that's out there because I don't care what the name is. All I know is they're a demon and all I know is greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that is within this world. You get kept out on demons if you want to, but I'm going to choose to focus on the greater one. Can I tell you what this seed is? This is a seed of rest. I'm, I come by to let somebody know today that God's about to enter you into a season of rest. You've been laboring, you've been toiling you've been engaging in spiritual warfare you've been exhausting yourself trying to keep your marriage intact trying to keep your children and your grandchildren safe, trying to overcome every addiction in your life let me tell you, Jesus when he hung on the cross and he shed his blood for you and I, he cried out it is finished what does that mean? that means he spoiled every principality that means he overcome every demon in hell, that means he overcome sickness and disease and infirmity. That means he brought restoration to every relationship. Stop fighting. Stop wearing yourself out trying to do everything and keep everything together and make everybody happy. I come by to set somebody free today. It ain't your job to make everybody happy. It ain't your job to make everybody like you. I come with news today to let you know not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to understand you. Let me tell you, there's going to be things that try to attach itself to you, that tries to annihilate you and assassinate. But I come by to let you know today, get in your position, take your seat, stop fighting the fight, and realize the war's already been won. I don't have to fight another day because Jesus said it is finish it's no longer about what he's going to do it's about what he's already done can I tell you give the devil the most trouble when you learn to sit down see that just blew some of your mind already because you always in fight mode you always, you always ready just to cut the head of the devil off let me tell you he's already been defeated what you fighting a defeated foe for you fight best when you take your seat in heavenly places you see when you learn to sit down in heavenly places God said when you sit down I'll stand up God said when you sit down I'll take over God says when you sit down I'll show up on your behalf stand to your feet all over this place said, you have been raised up you have been made alive have been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. It's a seat of honor. It's a seat of authority and power. It's a seat of dominion. It's a seat of victory. And it's a seat of rest. I come just to encourage you today the fight has already been fought that the battle's already been won it's time for you to come oh heavy laden come you that are burdened down come and enter into the rest of the Lord God didn't make you to spend every moment of every day in fight mode that's why you're worn out now that's why you're ready to throw in the towel now because you've been trying to do it in your own strength 
But the word of the Lord reminds us that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. The fight's already been fought. The battle's already been won. Just take your seats. Take your seats. Take your rightful position and be seated in heavenly places.